Well, listeners, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined once again by Greg Arthur, Creekside's pastor to families. And I am not joined once again by my dad. Last week, Greg, he was sick. This week, he's on vacation. And you know, when I think of my dad, uh, three words come to mind. You know what those words are, Greg? Sick and on vacation? That was four words. <laughs> no. No, the three words that come to mind, flaky, flaky, flaky. Oh. Those are the three words that come to mind. That man is incapable of following through on commitments. Uh, I jest, of course. No, that, that man has the Nobel laureate in habits. He is Mr. Follow-Through. But, Greg, you are Mr. Parenting here at Creekside. Hmm. And uh, you've <laughs> you need to spend some time ruminating on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes. you have spent the better part of your adult life thinking about parenting, yes. what God says about parenting. And uh, you have distilled the biblical teaching down to four principles, and those are the four principles we're talking about over these uh, four weeks. So we've talked about three of them and the habits that go with them, how to develop habits to, to parent mm-hmm. God's way. So we've already looked at the first three principles And today, we're going to look at the fourth and final principle of biblical parenting, which is gentleness. Mm -hmm. The manner of our parenting Mm -hmm. is gentle. So, Greg, I was not gentle with one of my kids last night. Mm. I was not gentle with another one of my kids this morning. So I will let you start this conversation (laughs) on gentleness. Greg, what is gentleness? And why is it so critical to parenting God's way? Mm. Well, gentleness is, I think, best understood as being restrained strength. Hmm. That uh, um, I, there was an image once that I saw. This is from uh, from one of the from the I think the Iraq War, and there was a soldier who was completely um, covered in in armor almost, and uh, and had armament all over him. He had he could destroy a village just by himself, and uh, but he had this injured little child in his hands, and all that strength was restrained hmm. to carry the little child to uh, to a medic. And that picture is just it's stark, and that's kind of what we are. We are so powerful in our kids' lives. We can say two words and destroy them for the rest of their life. And um, we have just such strength. And so gentleness is restraining that strength. And why it's, uh, not only does it seem right, you know, but it's, um, it's what Jesus says he is. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, that he could, he could wipe anything out, do anything, wipe our minds clean, change us, do anything he wishes. Mm-hmm. And he restrains all that strength and appeals to us, draws us to him. So anyway, I think gentleness is being like Jesus in particular when you're in position of authority over somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I did a little I I, I did a little word study here because we're going to talk about a biblical word. So I thought, yeah. why not break out the New International Dictionary of Theology and Exegesis <laughs> and go see what they say? And uh, you'll be pleased to know, Greg, that uh, what they say about gentleness. And uh, the word gentle that Jesus uses in Matthew 11, it's, uh, it is uh, 
restrained strength. And mm-hmm. I like their definition here that uh, the word represents character traits of the noble-minded, mm. the sage who remains meek in the face of insults, the judge who is lenient in judgment, the king who is kind in his rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, the terms appear in pictures of the ideal ruler and in eulogies of people in high positions. Uh, but it's interesting that the word, as it's used in Scripture, it assumes uh, authority, mm-hmm. th- that you are already in a position of power, mm-hmm. and now how will you wield it? That's right. Yeah, I think we have it, it, we've gotten it mixed up with, you know, gentle, meek, and mild, you know, like a mouse, like, you know, doormat, no power. Gentle is a negative word, actually. I think in, uh, in the culture, it's, it's sort of considered a negative word. Um, you know, powerful is a positive word, and mm-hmm. gentle sounds like a negative word, but but it is power that is restrained, which is the ultimate power. I mean, it's great power to restrain your power. Yeah. So let's reclaim it. Let's take that word back. Let's take gentle back yeah. and meek. Yeah. yeah, I think for a lot yeah. of people, meek means weak. Yeah. And and the hang-up they have here is, well, I am the authority in my kids' lives, and if I'm gentle with them, then I'm I'm weak, I'm a pushover, mm-hmm. I really need to hold the line and be firm with them and, and, and set down these hard and fast rules and, and not budge, and I'm not their friend, and, you know, and that's yeah. what's going to give them discipline and structure and help them stay on the straight and narrow. And I can, I can hear parents saying that in their minds. So what do you say to that when they say, I can't be gentle with my kids because they'll just, they'll just push me right over? Yeah, it's true. You, you, can't, you can't just let, let yourself be a pushover. That's true. But... Um, uh, in the end, no one is driven to the right thing. They're drawn to the right thing. You, the, you, we are driven um, by uh, criticism and anger and shoving, power and pushing and all that sort of stuff. And, and it can produce the right behavior, um, but it'll produce a rebel who does the right behavior. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, affection and um, being pleased and encouragement and drawing to the right behavior, mm-hmm. produces a person who is, wants to be like you, who wants to follow in your footsteps. And so that to me, the difference really is the difference between being drawn and being driven, and we want to draw our kids to the right things, not yeah. drive them. Draw, not drive. That's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, and um, certainly the few instructions Paul actually <laughs> gives to parents, yeah. um, this is paramount in his mind, right? Colossians 3, uh, do not provoke your children to anger lest they be discouraged. Mm-hmm. And then he gives the positive side of it in Ephesians 6, where he says, fathers, do not exasperate or provoke your children to anger, but raise them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So mm-hmm. maybe a way to get at this is to look at what it's not. Because mm. Paul, that's what he's doing there. Is he's giving the the converse, um, or the inverse, uh, I'm not a math guy, so one of them's of the opposite. Uh, yeah, the reverse. Yeah, uh, of of gentleness um, is harshness or provoking, exasperating. Yes, that resonates so deeply with me yes. as a parent because I can see the way I I do that. But why don't you speak to that? How do parents provoke, exasperate their children? I think uh, I think there's many ways. I, I, I like the language that Paul uses. Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to anger. 
And um, I, I really like that language because um, it's sort of what you do to draw out that anger. And so it, I, I just kind of applied that thought. What draws out anger in people? Not mm-hmm. not temper tantrum anger, you know, I didn't get what I want, he took my, da, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. But that deep kind of smoldering anger that just sits with people, um, the kind that is exasperation or, um, I don't know, what are some other words that go with that kind of deep anger? It's embitteredness. Yeah, it's a low simmer that kind of sits for the rest of people's lives when they're angry at their parents and just comes out in all manner of ways for the rest of their life when when they're resentful toward mom and dad. And I think the cause of that is some sense of rejection from your parents. Hmm. I think that that the way you provoke to anger, provoke to that kind of anger is rejection. And Maybe now so there's all kinds of ways. Yeah, of so that, that's a yes. better question than yes. if, if rejection is at the heart of what provokes our kids to yeah. anger, then what do we do yeah. that is functionally rejecting our kids? That's right. That's and, right. And that's, that is not a rhetorical question. I want to know what are those things? Well, you kind of know because you know when you feel rejected. And, you know, you, you know what would cause you to feel rejected. Uh, uh, being neglected, abandoned would mm-hmm. cause you to feel rejected. Um, favoritism. Somebody is favored over another person. One kid is favored over another. Being dismissed. It uh, does not matter what you think or do. You have to do what I say. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I think, you know, harshness and disapproval is probably right at the bottom. You know, I disapprove of you. <laughs> you know, my, my mom experienced that. And, uh, uh, it's instructive how that happened. She, she, um, well, she married the wrong guy. She married, uh, she was Filipino and she married, a an American Protestant. And so who was poor. So you put all that together and that was a very negative thing to do. Yep. Um, uh, and when she, uh, left the Philippines to essentially go get married, uh, when she got to Hawaii, there was a telegram waiting for her. And the telegram said, it was from her dad, and her dad said, uh, you're no longer my daughter, I disown you. And, um, you know, that'll leave a skid mark on your life <laughs> right there. That's to a, say the least. That's a tough situation. That's it, right? That's harsh. You didn't even say it loudly. It's harsh. It's dismissive. It's dis- disapproval. Um, that's probably the bottom. So yeah, that caused rejection. She had that rejection in her, smoldered in anger all her life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so and that's you know the weird ex- thing, it comes out in other directions too. It wasn't yeah. all just toward him. He died one day. It was out toward my sister. It was out toward me. It was out. You know, you produce that anger in somebody by rejecting them. Yeah, and anger has bad aim. Yeah, <laughs> anger has bad aim. That's great. It has very bad aim. And yeah. It just comes out in all sorts of ways we can't predict. Yeah. And uh, you know, I. I always use the example, if the Warriors win, and then my kid spills their milk, no big deal. Let's clean it up. <laughs> Let's clean it Let's up. Let's clean it up. If the Warriors lose, and then my kid spills their milk, then it's an act of defiance <laughs> against my sovereign authority in the house. It's a, it's a high hand is what they just sinned with. So, But you're right. I mean, that's an extreme example, though. Yeah. That's a very extreme example. And most parents listening to this, have probably never said something like that to their kids. You are no longer my kid, right? That's yeah. the nuclear option. So how do you say that without saying it? The 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 non-nuclear option, the smaller one, the yeah. scud missile instead of the 
<laughs> Thank you. Yes, take yes. that metaphor as far as you I want take to. Take your yeah. metaphor okay. where it goes. Yeah. Uh, saying I'm disappointed in you. Yeah. you you've disappointed me. I, I've heard that from when I was doing Boy Scouts, when I was in coaching. You know, I'd hear parents say that, and the kids' face is just, they're just crushed, you know. But, or unless they've heard it all, all many times. There's, there's, there's issues around it that are so difficult. One is that not only is your parent not pleased with you, but because they're disappointed, you're sort of responsible for them being pleased in life. I, you yeah, you flipped really responsibility upon the child to make you happy. And, um, you know, God makes us happy. <laughs> Children don't make us happy. Yeah. yeah. Could, could you say, because the reality is we are an authority to discipline our kids and to yes. raise them and to correct their behavior and all these things, that, that harshness or rejection, it's moving from the role of coach, hey, let's think about how to approach this better, to this role where, um, you know, I'm disappointed in you can mean you've fallen short as a human being. Mm. You don't measure up, and uh, I can't be happy now. Yeah. That, I mean, when you communicate it's a, that. It's a pressure. Th there's a yeah. pressure, and there's yeah. a weight that your kid will never be able to bear. Yeah, that's right. Which is how you turn out uh, determines whether I'm okay or not. That's right. And, uh, and no, no kid can, can live with that. I, I remember talking to a, um, a therapist who, who she, she met with kids um, in, who, whose parents had been divorced. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said one reason that kids immediately blame themselves for divorces is because the, the, the opposite, the fact that there really was that kind of instability at the core of their life is just too, is too much to think mm. about, right? <laughs> the idea that, that actually mom and dad didn't love each other mm. enough to stay committed. That, that thought is too existentially terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's too close to the center of their worldview. Um, and so it's easier just to blame myself and take yeah. that on. And, uh, but there are ways that we can just put that on our kids, that oh, I'm, not, I'm not okay now because you, you failed. Yeah, the guilt, the trouble with that. I, there, there's, so much, there's so much heartache that comes from passing upon to somebody else that it's their responsibility to make me happy. I, yeah. uh, ultimately, every one of us, parent or not, child or adult, it's that God makes you happy. <laughs> you got to go to God, and, and uh, then, you, then you can interact with people. Yeah. And so I think the challenge for parents then is often where this comes up is not just words and actions, but in your emotional, sort of the emotional climate you set in mm -hmm. the house. And there's this sort of emotional hostage taking that you can do as a parent <laughs> where after a kid screws up, or if they've been screwing up all day, and they do, they, they do things wrong all the time, all day, you, you just have this cool, aloof disappointment with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, it's just a mood that just, it, it, it's like the thermostat of the house is just turned down to chill because you're not happy. Yeah, and everyone knows. Everyone knows. Yeah. Don't you know, yeah. walk on eggshells. Don't yeah, exactly. you know? Don't don't make dad mad. Don't make mom mad because they're in that state. I think for myself, where I was more susceptible to provoking a, a provoking anger in my son out of rejection was being sort of permissive and neglectful. Hmm. And um, it, it, neglectful is not quite the right word. I spent a lot of time with permissive is about the right word. Where I let things go too much. 
And ultimately, in the back of someone's head, they're thinking, you know, uh, I guess my dad cares about me, but maybe he doesn't. And um, because, you know, he didn't help me with this. He didn't help me with that. He didn't correct me in the right way. Yeah. And I wasn't good at that. I was, uh, I was reacting to being uh, harshly corrected as a, as a, as a kid. Right. And so, you know, I don't think that I've hit that mark right on the button. Um, but I think that that's, that is, uh, in the hierarchy of things, it's well, well below the, um, the level of I'm disappointed in you. Right. Yeah. So between those, yeah, between and, 1 and 10, there you go. And we're all <laughs> reacting to how we've been parented in some that's way. Right. And that that's pendulum right. tends to swing too far in the other direction. But I like what you said there, that gentleness isn't permissibility um, or yeah. permissiveness. It's a different thing. And I think probably the best image that sums it up in Scripture is the shepherd mm. and, uh, and Psalm 23, right? Yeah. Uh, because you have uh, he's with you all the time, he walks with you, and the, and the rod and the staff are a comfort. He's mm. protecting, but he's also directing. But there's this overwhelming sense as they're directing, as, as the Lord is directing, that he knows where he's going. Yeah. And, 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 and so when he does intervene, okay. Um, and it's, it's a gentle intervention. Yeah, you don't get the sense that, that the, that the uh, shepherd is walking around thinking, oh, these stupid sheep, I just hate them. i got to keep saving them. I right. keep beating off the wolves, man. <laughs> right. If only they could do this themselves. I, there's no sense of that or at all. Or taking his weapon on the sheep yeah. and using it yeah. against them, you know. I've always loved that, that image, you know, the, the, the staff having a point on the end mm-hmm. and, a, and a bent crook on the other side. So that if you fall in a ditch, he'll pull you out with a crook. But if you're about to walk in the ditch, he'll poke you with a stick. I, the fact that he that he he rescues and prods and you know, it's it's a great comfort that his eye is upon you and and that he desires the best for you and he knows what's best. Yeah. And so to be like that as a parent, I mean, there's a um, yeah. The mark is the mark is there, and uh, I strove for it. Yeah. So this is probably the hardest podcast for me to do just because I'm right in the middle of parenting young children and I see my failures every day in this area of being restrained in my power. Yeah. Because I think it's it's very easy as a parent to say, I can assert my will and come down hard and get what I want in this situation yeah. rather than take the... The better way, the longer way, yeah. which is to be slow to anger, yeah. calm, talk it through, follow through, <laughs> discipline intentionally. Yeah. Um, it's easier just to, to parent in these sort of spasms of anger, and I really don't want to do that. Yeah. And so help me, Greg. What did you do to, uh, to, to overcome that? Because I think another way of saying gentle is saying slow to anger. Yes. Definitely. I, um, for the slow to anger, there's a step, which is if, if you're, um, if I would, like I became attuned to it, that there's a step of stopping myself and praying and just asking, Lord, help me with this moment right here. And I had great moments of that. One time my son was, I, don't get, I guess he was about 10, and uh, <clears throat> everything was great. We're doing something great. And he's complaining, and it's awful. I mean, it's great, and it's awful, because he's just complaining, and nothing's good. And, <laughs> and every time he's complaining and doing, not doing what I want him to do, and 
and complaining about good things. You know, I'm correcting him and yapping at him and getting angry and all that. And then I had this thought go through my head. This isn't how Jesus corrects me. Yeah. There is not constant criticism with the eye of criticalness upon me. Yeah. And it and just that thought just made me stop and pray, Lord, what should I do? And I think that's the step. For me, that was the step, is being aware of that, I, that uh, um, letting the Lord speak into me about that stuff, because getting angry wasn't going to work. And so, besides, yeah. the Lord says not to get angry in those situations. Be slow to anger. Yeah. You can be angry, but slow. Yeah. It's like, good. he's slow. I mean, shoot, the Lord spends, goes 250 years before he sends Israel into exile. Right. <laughs> yeah. Super slow. He takes his time. He takes his time. Much to our frustration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yet, it's that grace that ultimately enables us to come to him, because he's slow to anger. And so, no, that's good. I think it's... Uh, it's, it's very challenging. I think the humbling part of it is to acknowledge to your kids when you're not gentle. Yeah. And you know it, and you have to be able to say to your kids, I am not gentle right now, and I'm sorry. Well, yes, there's that, and there's also, what do they call it? Pick your fights, right? I, mm-hmm. um, you, can, you can be uh, insistent upon all kinds of things, insistent upon. The, the the fork goes on the right side and your and your the napkin goes on your lap you know the the drinking glass is there and your hands are, you know there you can be you can yeah. be you will never touch the radio when I'm in the car <laughs> yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff I mean yeah. yeah there's a lot of things that you could you can fight and die over and why is the question right. right why is the question now there's other things that you should should fight and die over yeah. and um, and that that perception of knowing which ones to fight and die over is something that I think that we grow in, but we the desire to want to be um, restrained with our strength in that um, will cause us to not pick and fight over every little thing. Yeah. Because yeah. you know the spirit of it. If you're if you're underneath that criticism all the time, spirit is my parents are I, I don't approve of me. They don't like me, and. Um, even if the parents like them and really think, you know, I got to keep this kid from ending up in prison. I got to do all these things. It's true. You've got to correct them. But the way you correct them so that they don't believe that they're just living underneath constant criticism yeah. and judgment all the time. Because that's not how we live underneath Jesus. Yeah, We don't live under constant criticism and judgment all the time. For There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. It's all instruction, direction. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's the way to go. Walk this way. Oh, now you're not doing it. I'm going to poke you with my stick and then smile at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and and you get a beautiful picture of it with good coaches. Yeah. And <clears throat> and how much their players will play for them. Yeah. Because they experience, they have a respect and regard for that person and know they care, like, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, the... The last episode of Last Chance You, if you haven't watched it, mm. and the uh, East Angeles, Los Angeles Community College, that coach who's a believer, mm. oh man, you guys go find it. I don't, I don't remember his name. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Just go watch that. That's that, uh, and he'd get heated, but uh, the sense that he wanted the best for them was never in doubt. And no matter how hard he pushed them, they would run back to him all the time. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the the instruction that does not result in rejection. 
Yeah. His gentleness. Yeah. So direction maybe, without rejection. Direction without rejection. Yeah. I was just about to say something like that, and then you beat me to it. So <laughs> pithy. Pithy. I <laughs> and I think um the ultimate motivator for this is just to think about Jesus and how mm-hmm. he leads us, right? So we always have to bring it back to the gospel and the mm-hmm. heart of Christ. But I can't say it better than Dane Ortland, so I just figured I'd I'd quote a little bit of gentle and lowly and what he says about Jesus being gentle and lowly mm-hmm. in heart. Um, Jesus is not trigger happy, not harsh, reactionary, easily exacerbated, exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, mm-hmm. but open arms. Mm. Um, and then he says, what Jesus gives us is rest. You don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment is required. He says, I will give you rest. His rest is a gift, not a transaction. Mm-hmm. Whether you are actively working hard to crowbar your life into smoothness, that's labor, or passively finding yourself weighed down by something outside your control, that's heavy laden. Jesus Christ's desire that you find, is des- that you find rest, that you come in out of the storm, and that desire outstrips even your own. Gentle and lowly, this according to is his own testimony, is Christ's very heart. This is who he is, tender, open, welcoming, accommodating, understanding, willing. If we are asked to say only one thing about who Jesus is, we would be honoring Jesus' own teaching if our answer is gentle and lowly. Mm, beautiful. Well, I want to be that kind of dad, so there you go. And, you know, it's not that easy, but if it's, that is the North Star, if that's where I'm striving toward, I'm striving toward the right thing. And, and, a, and a great diagnostic question from that is, yeah. do my kids come to me and find rest? Mm. Are they put at ease just being around me? Yeah, that's great. Or are they anxious, uptight, eggshells? Um, because if that's their reaction, then I know for me I'm not parenting like Jesus that's right. treats me. Yeah. And so that's a good a good checkpoint for me. So. Yeah, me too. Mine is mine has grown and still yet you know the re- the relationship is still there. So. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, maybe my kids will listen to this someday. Maybe they'll think you know. Dad turned that around, and he got better as he got older. That's what I hope they say, that he got, he got better. He wasn't a gentleman, but Jesus taught him to be a gentleman. Mm. That's, that's yeah. what I hope they remember. Well, he doesn't make us perfect when he saves us. Yeah. Uh, he makes us uh, willing to be made righteous in his, in his image and be like him, and he works with us. And, you know, I don't know why uh, it would be hard for some people to be slow to anger and for others to be, it's not that hard, but you know, for some people it's hard to do something else besides that. Yeah. Well, thanks for this therapy session. Greg. Oh yeah. It was, it was great. You can leave the $5 on my desk. Yeah. It's helped me. <laughs> Max is now taking a nap and no longer producing the show. So I think that's a good time to land the plane to use another one of our favorite <laughs> metaphors. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a quiet landing today, a quiet contemplative landing. But Greg, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with us, man. What's next? What's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a bonus episode next week, and we're going to talk about tech habits mm. for your kids. And we've got some very special guests, and you're going to have to stay tuned to find out. But uh, awesome. Yep, that's all. Wrap it up. So, Greg, thanks so much. Thank you, listeners. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again soon. <laughs>